Hey team, welcome back to another episode of the Jen Commandments podcast. I am your host, Jen Wynn. I'm an engineer currently working in Wisconsin. I grew up in the Chicagoland area and I went to college in Michigan. Hey, how are you guys doing? Happy holidays. Today is currently... Uh, December 23rd. Is that a Saturday? Today is Saturday. Uh, I got home from a, about a week and a half long, like, road trip around the Midwest, uh, predominantly in Michigan. I had a ton of fun. I'm exhausted. Um, Uh, but I had the best time with my people. I will get into it a little bit more later. Um, this will probably, I'm going to be realistic about who I am and say that this is the last episode of the year. (laughs) Um, one of my goals for next year, I didn't officially write down any goals. I did, a layout of sort of my year in review, and that's what we're going to go through today. Um, But I do have a couple goals for the upcoming year. Um, One of them being to establish like a weekly routine so that podcasting is a part of it. Um, So that's something I want to do after Christmas is sit down with like a calendar and plan out my day sort of like maybe not hour by hour but like have a rough (laughs) idea of like what the day should look like because I need something to like keep me on track I need to establish some sort of routine um and working from home does not lend itself to sort of an established routine, especially with this job. Like you can sort of get your hours in when you can. Um, And so I I have realized that I'm not very good at being disciplined. (laughs) And so that's something that we're going to work on next year. Um, So I want to be more consistent with my day-to-day life um, and podcasting be a part of that. I've gotten a little off track, and this is something I enjoy doing. Um, We'll get into it a little bit later, but I have spent the last about month and a half just sort of in this, like, depressive haze, I guess. And so I sort of got out of it right before I left for vacation, and I'm hoping that I can stay on top of it. Um, The cold season kind of gets to me. And so, and like the end of years really get to me too. Um, I like, things ending freak me out. (laughs) And so the new year, I hate new years. Like I hate the holiday. I hate like, there's pressure around it. There's pressure to have plans. It just, it all gives me so much like, oh, Jesus Christ, just leave me alone. I like almost never have plans on New Year's just because it freaks me out. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I've not been doing the best, but I have been working on not keeping up habits that make things worse. So <laughs> um, we're working on that sort of thing. So that's that's that. Um, year 2023, are we happy that it's over? Are we excited? Are we jumping for joy? Are we like running ourselves over because we're so excited that it's ending? Is that just me? I don't know, but thank fucking God this shit is over. I, um, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> I have lots of hope for next year. I have low expectations for next year. <laughs> I have high hopes, however. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been rough. Um, so I decided I was going to try to like write everything down in a Google doc, but I, for some reason, I always just prefer written notes. And so I went through my photos app and I sort of laid out the year in a sketchbook, uh, month by month and we're going to go through it. <laughs> So, okay. I spent the end of last year and the beginning of this year moving across the country from Appleton, Wisconsin, which is about 40 minutes south of Green Bay to Eugene, Oregon, which is about two hours south of Portland. Um, this drive took approximately five days ish um driving up mountains that were close to semi trucks like driving on actual just ice <laughs> in wyoming like going throughout like down a mountain called cabbage hill in oregon that like there were shirts at the bottom of it at the gas station. Like I survived Cabbage Hill. Like, <laughs> um, it was just, uh, it was an experience in the winter time. It was life changing and I am forever grateful. And I'm going to be grateful for that trip for the rest of my life. Um, but it was very, very stressful. I lost like, 10 pounds in that five days because of how anxious it <laughs> I was. Um, <laughs> so that's super cool. Um, my mom left. I drove her up to Portland to fly home. Um, I want to say like January 2nd. And I remember crying most of the way home. <laughs> because I was so nervous about being across the country by myself. And <clears throat> I don't, I like, I did that when I left for college too. Like I had a really, really rough first week or two because I am such a like 
family and friends girly that like, and especially then I was like very codependent. I think I've grown out of that a lot, but like still being 36 hours plus away from all your friends and family is bonkers. <laughs> and so any anyone would logically be fucking terrified, right? So, and excuse my voice. Um, like I said, I've been on a trip for like the last week and a half um, and I've partied hard and I've been around a lot of people, so I'm a little sick. I will let you know if anything serious comes of it, but I'm fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, uh, I dropped my mom off at Portland um, and I was terrified, but I had like a full week being there before I started working and so, I tried to like find stuff in the area. I found a grocery store. I found um, the Costco. I found my Target. I found, you know, like I was trying to figure out the area and I went and drove past work to make sure I knew where it was before my first day. Like, you know, all the shit that you do when you're, you move to a new place. And then um, I start work and like, <clears throat> It's immediately weird. Like, my first day at work, my boss couldn't be there. So, like, <clears throat> you could tell last minute an engineer just was, like, told that it was his job to, like, show me around and stuff. <laughs> and which is no tea, no shade. Like, that's fine. But it certainly just was, like, a little discouraging, you know, um... But that's okay. I tried to like shake it off and like try to keep myself busy as much as I can as in an effort to do that. Like I, when I first got to work every day, like I walked around the shop and said hi to everyone. I was trying to like establish a relationship with everyone, make it like a fun, cohesive work environment. And like very quickly that went south. And um, I realized that that sort of cohesiveness would not be invited or accepted there. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, yeah. More on that later. Um, the first holiday of the, a new year for me is my birthday. My birthday is January 17th. And so I was brand new at this job. Like, I think my birthday was my second week I was there and, or maybe my first week I was there. And it was like my third or fourth day, I think. <clears throat> and so obviously I didn't like tell anyone at work and I just like, the dogs were sick because of the new ecosystem <laughs> um, and like biome that they were in because Oregon is obviously completely different and there's completely different like germs and bacteria and whatever. So like Ellie was like runny shitting everywhere and like on top of the fact that she had a weak bladder cause she was old. And so like on my birthday, <laughs> I came home from work. I, I went to Nothing Bun Cakes after work. 
I got a cake. I got candles for myself. Um, I came home. I saw that Ellie had piss and shit everywhere. Um, which is not, was not abnormal. Shitting was crazy. She doesn't usually do that. But like towards the end of Ellie's life, I like, I was cleaning up piss every day. So that was just like a part of my daily routine. And, um, so I did all that. I cleaned everything up. I like changed into a cute outfit and like took pictures for my birthday with my little cake. Um... I like thought about taking myself out to dinner, but like at that job, we worked from seven to four thirty, which is like a fucking very long time to be working. And um, I felt bad because like Dante was still in his crate at night phase and crate during the day phase of puppyhood. And so like, that meant that Dante was getting like less than, I don't know, like six hours of out of crate time a day. And I just like, I was like, I'm not adding to it, you know? And, um, so I ate my little cake alone and like, I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty sure my mom called me and I'm pretty sure Kayla called me, but like, it was just like a sad (laughs) birthday. Um, but it was okay. Um, work continued to be like bad. I remember calling my old mentor from the job that I had here in Wisconsin and during my lunch breaks and like crying on the phone to him (laughs) about how terrible it was and like how much no one gives a fuck about me here and like how me asking questions is seen as offensive. And it's just like, it was just like a rough time, you know? And um, I didn't have like any support from my bosses or my cohort, like it was, it was just rough. And so, yeah. And it's also should be noted, okay, let's talk about characters. Um, Cause we've never established like a real character like so moving forward okay i'm gonna write this down too so we can all remember together (laughs) so the guy that the third episode is about the entering my villain era episode the guy that that episode is about moving forward will be known as john deere okay Remember that, keep that in your head. John Deere, he's the one who led me on while he had a girlfriend and basically was like, I can't give you what you need, all right? Next, next, we have the man that I dated while I was in Oregon who the Breakup Chronicles episodes were about. His name, moving forward, is Chicken Farmer, okay? Are you keeping up? We have John Deere and we have Chicken Farmer. I maybe am now realizing that I have a fucking type. (laughs) And then finally... (laughs) And then finally... (laughs) 
Um, we have the man, or well, boy, because he was a boy when all this happened. To be fair, I was also a girl. We're not into none of that weird shit here. Um, the guy that I was on and off with for like 10 years, um, his name moving forward is G Money, okay? G Money. G dash dollar sign, okay? And that is that is the lineup, okay? <clears throat> That's the lineup. <laughs> um, we have John Deere, Chicken Farmer, and G Money. I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, I think I just wanted to make sure y'all knew. Oh, no, 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 no. I did have a point. I did have a point. So it should be noted, we're still in January, right? We just talked about my birthday. Um, that Chicken Farmer established very early on in me entering that facility that he had interest in me. I found out from one of the main offenders that my investigation was about. And he was like, oh boy, chicken farmer would like to take you out sometime. And I was like, well, he hasn't said anything to me, so sorry. So that's the tea on that. But I just wanted to establish that early on in the timeline. <laughs> So that, so that there's more context later, okay? Next is February. February is the month that I meet Liv in Portland. Liv is the gal that I will later get my new job because of, um, and she's one of my best friends. Um, she, but this was like the first time that she and I like hung out like not in a group setting. And I remember driving up to Portland and being so nervous because I wanted her to like me so much. <laughs> I was like, she's so cool. And what if I'm weird and whatever. Um, also, I had my furniture delivered in February, um, which is important to note to me because I remember I want to honor my love seat that I had before I had my adult furniture. My mom and I thrifted the cutest fucking love seat um, from Goodwill in Kalamazoo. And I miss her every single day. Ellie slept on her constantly. And like, I cried when I took my love seat out to the dumpster. Like I, cr I was so sad. Um, and I thought about keeping it, but like Ellie had like pissed on it. And like, oh yeah, Ellie, <laughs> Ellie girl was go like, was going through it at that point. So it was not, it was not a keepable item. <laughs> so yeah, um, March is, or like end of February, beginning of March is when I finally decide to start the podcast too. Like, 
I had already started to get a little bit lonely being out on the West Coast alone. And so I wanted to use this as a way to like keep in. So March is when the John Deere debacle happens. Um, this is a big turning point in my year. So I was already not doing well. Um, in December of 22, um, the end of the year, there was like a situation that had happened within the friend group that John Deere was a part of. And I was just sort of like exited myself from all things associated kinda. And me and John Deere, like we weren't getting along anyway. So <clears throat> I just sort of like rid myself of everyone who reminded me of that situation. Um, and I had plans to, cause even though me and that friend group who were arguing, I had plans to still come to graduation cause they were graduating and like, I didn't want to not come because of an argument and then regret it later um, and be like, I wish I would have been there for them and like whatever. <clears throat> so I still had planned on going to their graduation and whatever. So. I texted him, oh, you guys know the story. I texted him and like was like, hey, how do you want me to approach this? Whatever. Um, and that all happening, really, <laughs> it, okay, so I was already feeling lonely in my physical space and like, I guess, that loneliness was amplified by the rejection of this person. Um, because like, if somebody who knows me that well doesn't, like, I'm not, <laughs> If I'm not good enough for them romantically and they know so much about me, will I ever be good enough for anyone once they get to know me? It's that fear of like, once somebody knows me, they could never see me that way, I guess. <clears throat> and I know that that's like, not real and I know that now but definitely at the time when it was all happening that is the space that my head went to I was feeling very Bojack Horseman <laughs> like that was like <clears throat> the seasons where Bojack Horseman is sort of like in his abyss of darkness <laughs> that's kind of how I felt this year <laughs> Um, but I'm seeing, I'm seeing light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully. Um, I'm in my rehab era, I think. 
I'll talk about that a little bit more when I talk about goals. But yeah, like that, that event really set off, I think, like the series of unfortunate events for the year. And like, that's not to say it's John Deere's fault at all, dude. Like, it's, it's certainly not all his fault, question mark. <laughs> like, yeah, it's no more than fucking 50% his fault. That's like, we and we talked about that before. Like, nothing is more than 50% your fault, you know? And I don't know. That's that on that. It's... Yeah, I don't hold resentment towards him because of that. I hold resentment for him for other reasons. <laughs> Anywho, um, so that was March. I wanted to, as I was going through my photos, I got, I had, you know, photos, like screenshots of conversations. Cause I, one thing about me is I will not be caught lacking like I have receipts for every goddamn thing because if you want to act like you didn't talk to me that way guess what here it is right here like (laughs) I just have receipts of everything I can't not I like and I don't know where that need to like defend myself and make sure that like my I don't know it's from high school like High school was like a crazy time where people could say anything and like people might believe it. (laughs) And so like since then, I'm just like, I keep receipts of every fucking thing. So I came across those. Um, So that was super cool. Um, And one of my quotes is... I said this to Mr. John Deere. I said, to hate oneself out of things that are good for them is a different kind of hate. (laughs) Bitch, are we joking? Are we fucking for real? Why, why did I have to say that to somebody? And like, like, let's be fucking for real. Like he definitely deserved it. But like, you, you, can't drop heat at people who aren't ready to hear heat you know (laughs) and I know that sounds crazy and I'm like half choking but I'm not though like he wasn't ready to hear that why am I wasting my breath the fuck are we talking about here dude (laughs) like damn you gave a fuck like that that's crazy like and like I don't mean that and like, I don't give a fuck about anyone way. It's just like, I'm so exhausted with parenting grown men. And like, that's not my fucking job, dude. And it won't be ever again. You don't know how to say or do something correctly? Get that's none of my fucking business. Leave me out of it. I'm never talking to you again, by the way. Guess what? Blocked. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck all of that, dude. Like, 
it's such a this year i'm not healed from the year as you can tell and we'll i'm gonna talk about that but like i think a really positive thing that i learned this year is that i just said that funny this year is that I'm worthy of reciprocated care, if that makes sense. And like, I'm worthy of somebody not giving such a bullshit fucking excuse for wild shit, dude. <laughs> Just wild shit. So, that's the tea on that. In April, uh, Ellie started having seizures. Um, and I started dating and going on dates and dating a chicken farmer. Chicken farmer did help a lot with Ellie um, and helped me a lot. Like, in that time, I really like just needed somebody's help and support and he did and I'm very very grateful for that um I know that things ended really poorly um but I'm grateful that I had some help and support during that time May is sort of when everything blew up um it's when Matt and I started fighting a lot um, and work, once people found out at work that like I was seeing him because he worked with us <clears throat> as well, uh, the sexual harassment just got way worse because not only were they saying things inappropriate about me, they were saying things inappropriate about what Matt and I do. They were saying things inappropriately about um, just they had bets about <laughs> who I was going to hook up with first. Um, just just some things and like it's okay. Everything's fine now but like <clears throat> that's just some of what was happening and um, finally, because Matt and I argued so much, um, my home life was bad, um, and then my work life was bad, and I think I sort of just, like, blew the fuck up, and I, like, went to the boss's office, and I, like, barged in there, and I was like, yo, we need to talk. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I immediately started, like, bawling, and I was like, um, you know, it's fucking terrible working here. Like, and, like, as a woman, it's so hard, and I used to think that, like, you all just needed more women and that would make things better. But like now I just hope that no woman ever works here again. And like I had like a fucking breakdown in my boss's office about like men telling me that they stalked all my social media. They like they know where I live and like just all sorts of shit. And 
like how I'm going to be an attractive older woman. My mom is attractive. Just like, just crazy shit. Like it was a lot. It was a lot. And, um, it's over now. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's everything sort of just like blew up all at once. Like the investigation started, I started just being home, um, with not really any work to do. And so like Matt or fuck, sorry, y'all chicken farmer. (laughs) Um, he would come home and I would be like starved for interaction because I was just like home all day. Um, and he was exhausted from work and school and like, I don't know, just things got really bad really quickly. And he started to get a bit manic um, or he was using, I don't know what the T was, but something happened, something switched. And like, he, um, put me in a really, really scary situation. And then Kayla came and rescued me. <laughs> um, so that was May. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, June was rough because Kayla had to leave and I still just had to sit in Oregon until the investigation was over. The investigation was like two months long and I really, I couldn't work from the office because there were people who were angry with me there. Um, and it was a dangerous situation and yeah. Um, but I didn't really have anything to do at home. So I was sort of just like sitting there. It was, it was just rough. Um, I did go to, well, and then during the breakup, I was just like scared to leave the house also. Like I only went places where I knew that chicken farmer wouldn't be. And like, that was really scary. Cause like I, had feelings that he could come out of like the woodworks at any point and like ambush me or like whatever. Like he was, he was really scary. So, um, yeah, June was rough. Uh, but I did go to my friend's graduation. Um, she was the intern at the facility that I worked at in Oregon And she graduated with a master's in computer science. So super proud of her, love her very much. Um, And then at the end of June is when I decided to put Ellie to rest. So that's that. Um, The Ellie thing was sort of like a long time coming, but it that did not make the decision any easier like <clears throat> i had sort of an existential crisis about like the morality of deciding whether something gets to live or die and i had a really hard time sorting through that um and i still have a hard time sorting through that I know at the end of the day, like that was the best decision for Ellie and me, um, mostly Ellie, um, but it's still a hard decision to make. Um, but I did, um, and I, I felt like 
it needed to happen when it did because trying to get her across the country while she was having seizures and like pretty intense bladder problems and her brain was kind of fried from her seizures like it just would have been too stressful for her so um I did what needed to be done um and it sucked (laughs) but may she rest in peace we love her very much um July is when I U-hauled back across the country um This time we took the northern route because it was summertime. So we saw some of the Badlands and we saw Mount Rushmore and we drove through the top of Idaho. um, And we came across like this very touristy resort town and it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I would like kill to live in like a Idaho or a Wyoming or a Montana. I would I would love that, I think. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm also thinking about moving to Detroit. So um, very different vibes. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> I moved back into the Fox Valley area. Um, I'm very, very happy to be back here. Um, the first or second weekend I was here, there was Paper Fest, which is a big, like, music festival that the paper companies in the area pay for. Um, and I, it's, like, right down the street from my apartment. So me and Mitch pre-gamed, um, and then we went to that, and that was so much fun. Um... I, we're, me and Mitch are destined to be friends. (laughs) We always say that because like we met literally in China and like, it's, I think it's so cool how we ended up in the same place. So very happy to have him around. Um, August was, oh, also in July, Um, I went to my, I don't go to a lot of family events. Um, they're hard for me sometimes. Um, there's a, there's, I have a very big family on my mom's side. And so I get really overwhelmed going to them. There's like a lot of big personalities and it's just, it's, it's a lot, (laughs) which is fine. It's just like, it's overwhelming sometimes. Um, but I went to one of the first ones I've gone to for a while. Um, and it was a celebration for my late uncle. Um, he passed during COVID and we never really had any sort of like thing for it. So we had sort of a celebration. They golfed and we did like a potluck sort of thing and it was it was a lot of fun to see all of our family who we don't see a lot and celebrate him um so yeah that was a lot of fun I had a lot of fun at that even though it's sort of a sad occasion um in August was Lollapalooza and my like drunken escapades (laughs) um 
I drunk called and texted John Deere. Um, super cool, super fun. I actually recently figured out what I said to him in my little voicemail, so that's super cool. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, can't win them all, you know what I mean? Um, and that's sort of the month that I was like, damn, bitch, like, you're going through some shit, huh? Um, and so I sort of, I deleted social media for a while and just needed some time to self-evaluate and like figure out who I want to be after everything that's happened so far. Um, and I accepted a new job in August. Um, and right before I started my new job, that is when my medical stuff started. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was Labor Day, so it's the first weekend in September uh, was when my quote-unquote like stroke happened, even though we know now it wasn't a stroke. Um, yeah, so then I would spend the next two months going to like two or three doctor's appointments a week. Um, trying to figure out what's wrong with my brain, um, if I have cancer, um, what, if it's a tumor, if it's MS, if it was a stroke, like just generally what's going on, um, if it's something that has to do with my blood, if it was a blood clot, if like <clears throat> something's wrong with my heart, like I went to every doctor you can imagine. Like I was in cancer treatment centers. I was in all sorts of like very scary <laughs> um, facilities. So did that. Um, that's so that's most of September um, and October. I also in September I went to Ann Arbor to see Kayla and Hobo Johnson. Um, I was supposed to see Hobo Johnson in Portland, uh, but Chicken Farmer bought a ticket to it um, <laughs> after we broke up to follow me there. Um, and so Kayla and I decided that the safest option would just to be staying home and not going. So um, to make it up f f to like me, uh, Kayla and I decided to see Hobo Johnson when he was in Ann Arbor and we had so much fun. Um, that was one of my favorite trips this year. Um, all October I had to wear a heart monitor, um, to see if I had any heart conditions that could have led to the thing in my brain. Um, and I had my Halloween party. Um, and the Halloween party was so much fun. It was so good. Um, it was an event that was completely safe and everyone who was there vibed. And like, even though they were drastically different, like I brought friends from high school, I brought friends from college, I had friends from here, like I had all sorts of people meeting each other for the first time. <clears throat> and we had so much fun. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. 
Um, and then I went out in Appleton for Halloween. There's a dance club here that had like a themed like event. It was so much fun. Um, October was really good. Despite the heart monitor thing, like October was fun. Um, in November, early November, I get my diagnosis of MS. Um, and I think my <clears throat> body and my mind had been so tense for like the last two months of just like not knowing and being anxious about whether or not I was gonna have cancer and being anxious about whether or not I was dying and um, all that stuff that like once there was a diagnosis reached, like <clears throat> my body was just like, and we're shutting down. <laughs> and like all of that tenseness just went away um, just cause I had some sort of answer and I like went into like a depressive haze. Um, and that's kind of how I spent most of November and the first part of December. I'm gonna take a break real quick. Sorry, I need to take another hit. Okay, then, okay, I forget where I left off. Um. November, my depressive episode started, and about a week before I went on vacation, I decided that I was going to stop smoking weed in my house, in my place of residence. Right now, I'm not doing that, which I, ha, <laughs> I'm working on. So, I realized that... Um, the extent in which I alter my state of consciousness with um, weed and alcohol is not super cool. Um, so I think in 2024, I'm only going to allow myself to do that stuff for like very special events. Does that make sense? Like otherwise, I just don't need it. You know, like a gathering, a birthday, a, you know what I mean? So that's, that's what we're working with. So I made that decision. Um, it helps the way that I eat. It helps the way that I am productive. Just things are better when I'm of clear mind. So that's something I'm going to work on this upcoming year. Um, I'll just, I just know I'll feel better and I like will be less likely to be depressed. Um, cause weed specifically will cause some intense like depression. Um, so yeah, my trip was really, really fun. I drove to my mom's Wednesday night of last week and I stayed with her the night, um, dropped Dante off with her. And then on Thursday morning, I drove to 
just outside of Dayton, Ohio, and I visited my friend Tarsh. Um, his family is in town from Malaysia, so I hung out with them for a while. And then Friday after Tarsh had work, we went up to Kalamazoo because his little brother is uh, graduating college or graduated college this past weekend. Um, and so we did all that. I basically went on a bender while I was in Kalamazoo. That was super cool, super fun. Um, Sunday, I had lunch with um, an old friend who we have been having issues. Um, that was the issue that happened at the end of last year. And, um, I certainly had not been over the situation. I was, um, I don't know. I didn't know how I felt and, um, I don't, I'm trying to grow out of this all or nothing mentality, um, especially with people who mean a lot to me. There's like only one friendship before this one where I have decided that the friendship was worth more to me than never talking to them again. Cause usually I'm a, like, I'm a slow burner, right? So like, <clears throat> You have to do a lot of shit to me in order for me. You have to do a lot of shit to me in order for me to make the decision that like I'm never talking to you again. But usually once that decision is made, like that's it. And like there's sort of no way back in. Um, obviously there are people where I don't feel at peace with the decision. So like, I'll continue to reach out. Um, but most of the time, like, I'm pretty set in my ways about it. <laughs> um, so I am trying this new thing with her. We're, we're gonna try to figure out how to move forward. Um, and I'm, it, the lunch went like as good as I thought it could go. Like, I, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to navigate big emotions about big, like important things and, um, continue to validate and, take into consideration your feelings and their feelings and the people's affected feelings. And like, it's just complicated, you know, and <clears throat> we're all navigating those things the best that we can. So I thought it went pretty well. Um, and then after that, I went and I hung out with Liv, um, for a couple days at her apartment in, um, a different part of Michigan. And then, <coughs> sorry, um, that was really fun. We were both hungover, so we watched a show together, and we she showed me a couple of different spots that she really likes. We went like thrifting. It was so we had a lot of fun. 
She like she cooked me dinner. It was it was such a good time. Um, I had a lot of fun. And then I went from Liv's to Kayla's and hung out with her for a couple days. So I've just been on go for the last like week and a half. <laughs> um, today I should have gone grocery shopping. I ordered groceries to drive up and pick up at Target. I paid a little extra because they're from Target, but like if I have to go into a store, I might actually cry. So <laughs> um, I'll either drive up and pick those up today or tomorrow. At this point, I'll if I go tonight, I'll have to wait until it's later so it's not super busy. Because <laughs> you guys really care about like the logistics of my life. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. I um, I had a really, really fun time on my vacation. I think it's really important to me to see the people I love. And um, it's hard to be away from them. And I love when we all get to see each other and things are really good. Um, but it has me wanting to move a little closer. So... I'm thinking about Michigan, maybe sometime in the future. I'm not exactly sure. I think living in Detroit could be fun for like maybe a year or two, um, but we'll see. I just, yeah, the year was rough. So that's that's been sort of my year. <laughs> um, it's been good. It's been bad, but it's been good. I've learned so much about myself this year and so much about how how much I can endure with a will for it to get better. Like, if you asked me in May when everything sort of blew up, if you would have asked me, like, am I ever going to recover from the things that are happening? Like when Kayla came and visited me, like I was absolutely broken down. Like I was just this like nervous little thing. Um, and I, I like, I was taken back to being like, you know, eight or nine again and just like sitting in that. And um, I didn't know if I was ever going to like bounce back. <clears throat> and I can feel it. I can feel the tides changing. I can feel myself starting to feel okay again. Um, and even like a week ago, I didn't, if you would have asked me that, I didn't, I don't know what I would have said. Like it's, been hard to figure out how to move forward with my life after this year's events and it's hard for it's been hard for me to even think it's worth moving forward or if I should just sit in this 
feeling forever of just like, for a while I didn't see the benefit of moving forward. I didn't see like, I'll just sit in this depressive lifestyle forever. Like who cares, I guess. And, um, damn, I care, you know, like I think finally I, d I started taking antidepressants and that like, I'm really, really starting to feel the effects of them because I'm getting sick of my own shit, you know? Um, and I, I did, I finally just got like, bitch, you're gonna, you need to stop and you need to care about yourself and you need to understand that life sucks sometimes and that's okay, but you need to get back on the fucking horse, dude. Like figure it out, you know, and not in a mean way, just in like a, come on, like you've proven time and time again throughout your life that no matter what obstacles you face, you're going to come back better than the spot that you are given because conditions have never been ideal, you know? And like, I'm going to let a bad year determine the rest of my life. That's fucking crazy, by the way. Like, <clears throat> it's time. It's time to move forward. It's time to be happy and grateful again. Um, so yeah, that's, that's something that's really important to me <clears throat> in this next year. Um, I think a weekly routine will help with that, help me achieve goals that I want to achieve and like be who I want to be, which is just better at this point. Like I don't, I want to do something every day that is me letting me know that I'm worthy of taking care of and like nobody else is gonna do it for me, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Um, I have a list of music. I made a playlist on Spotify um, of the music that really got me through the year. Um, so I'll link that in the description. Um, but also, I'll talk about some of them, um, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if I will or I won't. But anyway, I'll, I'll talk about some of the most important songs of the year, but the, <laughs> the list is kind of long. Um, I've been talking about some of the lessons like throughout the whole episode, but um, here's the ones that I decided to write down. Um, struggling alone will only prolong suffering for everyone. Like, <clears throat> there was some times this year that I was really struggling with things and not giving the people who love me the communication that was needed for them to help me. And like not being honest about how I was being treated while I was out in Oregon or not being honest with how depressed I was or just stuff like that. And like 
not being honest to the people who love you is only doing yourself a disservice. And so like, that's something I learned this year of like, just be honest with the people who love you because they really, at the end of the day, just want to help. And like you not allowing them the truth will just make things worse for everyone, I guess. Um, Another lesson that I learned this year is that anger is a valid emotion and I'm not a monster for feeling it. Um, One of the first things that I had to go through when I started going to therapy was unlearning the fact that anger um, isn't monstrous, you know, like I was so scared of being like my father that I felt like anytime I got angry, I was wrong and I was terrible and I was just like him. And I was, uh, like the big bad wolf basically. Um, and I learned this year that like, it's okay and like anger is normal and it's okay to be angry. It's not okay to be angry forever, but you having a response to people not doing right by you is you protecting yourself. And so like, I don't know, I, I've i been learning how to validate my anger lately and not just feel guilt about what could potentially happen when I'm angry. Cause like, I think part of why I hated getting angry was that I used to be way more of like a loose cannon when I was angry. Like I I do and say out of pocket shit when I would used to get angry and I'm, I'm way less like that now. You really have to provoke me hard for me to get like disrespectful when I'm angry, but like I'm, I've gotten way better at just being firm and not being like nasty, I guess. So I trust myself well enough now that I know that if I am to get angry, I'm not just going to resort to being nasty if that makes sense. So, um, another lesson was I'm allowed to need people. (laughs) Um, I have been hyper independent my whole life (laughs) and, um, I learned this year that I need people and I, it's okay. And, um, the people that I, deem that I need are very reliable and they will be there when I do need them and it's okay to need them. And even if it's scary, like that's okay. Um, and they're going to be there. And I know that I used to feel like every time I needed somebody, no one was there, but now that that, now that's not the case. And I've put enough effort and trust into these people that they would not let me down, you know? So that, um, learning how to genuinely trust people, um, 
and trusting my gut when I don't trust certain people um, has been very valuable, I guess. <laughs> um, two more. Uh, you don't need to be as far away from home as you can to have made it in life. Um, I guess that was something that was sort of ingrained in my brain. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, <laughs> okay. That was something that was sort of ingrained in my brain from a very young age of like, you have to get the fuck out of here and like never, you have to live as far away as possible for you to, I don't know, for you have to be successful in your life endeavors or whatever. And like, sorry, I just fucking like burped in the mic. Um, and I think that I, there's a part of me that still believes that. Like, there's a part of me that doesn't feel like I'm doing enough by being in Appleton, <laughs> you know? Like, um, but I am. I'm, I'm doing something that makes me happy, and therefore it's the right thing to do. Um, this sort of comes back to, like me seeking validation from everyone else before seeking validation from myself. Um, and it doesn't matter what other pe if other people think you've made it or not, because like, I think I'm doing pretty good and like, that's enough, you know, given the circumstances, I think I'm kicking ass, dude. <laughs> um, the last lesson is caring about yourself and knowing your worth isn't selfish. Um, this one I'm still learning, obviously, uh, but I'm as far as I've ever been in learning it. So I'm proud of myself for the effort that I put towards this lesson this year and the, the progress that I made because... <clears throat> I was still in the mindset that like doing what's best for you at the end of the day is a selfish endeavor. And I realized that like <clears throat> I had been putting everyone else first and then resenting them for it for a long time and like fuck all that, you know? And that just creates problems for everyone not just you, you know, it creates internal problems for you, but it creates rifts and friendships. It creates just like all sorts of stuff and fuck all that, you know, like take care of yourself and like you're worthy of taking care of. And you're like, I, during, um, a conversation with a friend, like I was very forthcoming with like, this person missed out on an opportunity with me and like having an opportunity with me is a fucking once in a lifetime opportunity. And I know that that sounds fucking like arrogant and terrible, but like I'm sick of hating myself and I'm sick of people pretending like I'm not that bitch. Cause like, I know I'm that bitch. So fucking why, why would I expect anybody else to know that though, if I didn't know it? So 
that's what I'm working on is like believing, <laughs> believing that I'm that bitch. <laughs> so that's the tea on that. Um, yeah. So those are the lessons I've learned way more than that. Um, this year, I, this has been the most transformative year of my life. Um, and I changed a lot this year. Like, I don't know if I can tell, but like, or I don't know if anybody else can tell, but I certainly can tell of just like the way that I input information into my brain about the world. Like my perspective has changed a lot this year. And um, I would say that it's both a good and bad thing, if that makes sense. Like some of it's kind of sad, but I think it's for the best too. So yeah, those are my lessons. <laughs> um, some really important music for the year. Um, Tyler, the creator, and Noah Khan were my two number one artists this year. Um, I love them both so much. They're the reason. Um, and SZA, <laughs> those two boys and SZA are the reason why I got through this year. Um, I owe my life to them, seriously. Uh, music was so important to me this year. And um, I don't know, I am grateful to be alive simply because I get to listen to music sometimes. <laughs> Um, most important song to me this year was, uh, Boyfriend Girlfriend by Tyler, the Creator, <laughs> which is silly. I love that song. That was my favorite song this year. Um, All My Love by Noah Khan is another important one. Um, No Cure by Zach Bryan is an important one to me. Um, and then... I don't know. Kevin's Heart by J. Cole was really important to me this year, too. The rest of the songs that I have on my little list here uh, will be in a Spotify playlist that I'll link in the description if you would like to listen to the soundtrack of my year. Um, I made it not super long, um, and I didn't include some of the, like, super, super deep cuts, um... I keep it pretty light, but there's, I, you can tell by the songs, I think that it was sort of a angry year, <laughs> um, but it's okay. Uh, I love all the music that's on there. Um, and that's been my year kind of, <laughs> um, I didn't write goals down for next year. Um, I'm a little scared too. I don't want to jinx anything after this year. Um, I just hope that I have a year, I like a safe year, a year where I really figure out who I am. Um, and I don't know, I think that I'm gonna focus on 
my I have there's this gal I think her name is Hope um no I could be lying I don't remember right now um but she's going boy sober uh this upcoming year and I thought that was an interesting concept of like not just not entertaining anything romantic and only using that energy towards yourself um it's interesting um I don't know I'm thinking about it I'm thinking about I want to do just like and I don't know if it'll be this upcoming year but I want to do something like be unplugged for a year you know like I'm like I'm sick of being perceived by the world and I don't know it's been rough but it's this year has ended on such a good and positive note um being able to see all the people I love and I'm hosting Christmas in two days um I have to prepare (laughs) um and I don't know it's been a great second half of the year you know even with all the health stuff happening like I've been around people who love me and there's a lot of people who who care about people, you know, like I think it's easy when you're isolated or when you're away from that support to feel like you're alone. And I think that we could do a whole episode about this, but I think that late stage capitalism intends for you to feel isolated and wants you to feel isolated because people make more money if everyone lives alone (laughs) you know like um but I don't know it's been nice to be around support and around people who love you and cherish your existence you know after after a year of L's, <laughs> it's nice to be around people who love me, dude. Um, and like, would do anything to protect me, you know? So, yeah, that's it. That's what I have. It's It's been my first year of podcasting. The podcast will turn a year old in March. Um... I didn't do an episode every week. We're only on, we're still in our 20s. I didn't even do an episode like every other week, I think. (laughs) Um, But this is fun. This is creative. And I only want to put things out that I'm proud of. So while I've been down, it just hasn't been the right time, I guess. (laughs) But I enjoy it. I enjoy hearing your guys's perspectives about everything and that's something that I'm gonna work on more next year it's one of my goals to do this regularly um and invest a little bit more money into this so that I can get like a camera so I can do video episodes as well because all my favorite podcasts I watch on YouTube so 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it all goes. <laughs> um, I love you guys. Thank you for being here. Um, you guys have witnessed the the shit storm this year, and I promise my life isn't always this chaotic. And like maybe it is. Maybe that's just what life is as an adult. You know, I don't know. Um, I think I'm going to learn how to casually date actually this next year. My early podcast episodes were like, I'm going to casually date. And then I was like, you know, this man expects me to marry him in six months. And I didn't really casually date the way that I said I was gonna. So, um, that's the goal for this next year too, is learn how to talk to multiple people at once and like play the fucking game, dude. And I don't know if I mean that. I don't know if I actually even want to play the game, but I want to figure out what it is that I want. And I just don't know. (laughs) So yeah, that's the tea on that. Um, Yeah, hopefully more guests this upcoming year. I don't know. I don't know, y'all. I've been working on this shit for like 10 hours, it feels like. (laughs) Okay, I'm tired. I love you all very much. Um, Listen to my fucking playlist if you want. (laughs) I love music. Music's the only reason I'm fucking alive. All right, I love you guys. I will see you all in 2024. And maybe I'll have something fun in store. I don't know. (laughs) All right, love you. Bye.